Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this day of Pentecost that we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit and all his sevenfold gifts that we receive from him, especially the gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation, as he brings to remembrance all Jesus has taught us and gives to us the gifts Christ has won for us on the cross in word and sacrament. At this time, I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin to that Focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings on this blessed day. Jesus promises not to leave us as orphans. He sends us another helper, even the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit helps you in your weakness and intercedes for you with groanings too deep for words, St. Paul writes. He prays for you when you do not know what to pray for. This is the same Spirit whom the Lord promised long ago. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, as we hear from Joel 2.28. At Pentecost, this prophecy was fulfilled, and so it is today, as the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. We do have that great joy of receiving Christ's body and blood this day as our uh, Lord and God, the Holy Spirit, continues to enlighten us with those gifts of Jesus, and he bids that we be of one accord with the Word of God, that is, in one common confession, when we come to receive this blessed gift. So therefore, all those joining us at the altar this day, we ask be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, joining us in that one common orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Our service this day is divine service setting for as it begins on page 203, and our first hymn today is a processional hymn, so in just a moment I will ask you to rise and stand uh, for that hymn. The Lord bless you in your worship this day. O God, on this day you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the day of Pentecost is from Genesis chapter 11. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they made brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. 
And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men over every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in his own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, you, Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our risen and ascended Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Have you ever noticed the structure of those words? We confess them in our daily devotions at many times throughout the day. And so it's perhaps easy for them to kind of 
flip path past us quickly. You see, first we confess the Holy Spirit, then we confess what he does. It is God, the Holy Spirit, whose calling and gathering by the gospel has made the Holy Christian Church. It is God, the Holy Spirit, who enlightens God's saints with his gifts, chief of which is the forgiveness of sins. It is the Spirit who, by water and the Word, joins us to Jesus' death and resurrection and holy baptism, making Christ's resurrection our resurrection. It is the Holy Spirit who works through word and sacrament to give life everlasting, which begins now. God the Father is our Creator. God the Son is our Redeemer. God the Holy Spirit is our Sanctifier. That is, the one who makes us holy. And just how and where does the Holy Spirit make us holy? In the Holy Christian Church, among the communion of saints, where we hear God's word and receive the forgiveness of sins won for us by Christ on the cross. It is by that same preaching and teaching of the word that the promise of the resurrection and eternal life are given to us, to you, dear saints. All of these things are the work of the Holy Spirit. So when it comes to the Apostles' Creed, first we confess the Spirit, then we confess what he does. In the large catechism, Martin Luther poses the following question about the Holy Spirit and his work, asking, but how is such sanctifying or making holy done? Answer, the Son receives dominion by which he wins us through his birth, death, res resurrection, and so on. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit causes our sanctification by the following, the communion of saints or the Christian church, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. That means that he leads us first into his holy congregation and places us in the bosom, that is, in the heart and embrace of the church. Through the church, he preaches to us and brings us to Christ. Now, notice that the Holy Spirit does not make you holy by means of some ecstatic spiritual experience. In other words, you're not brought to faith in Christ by a sudden lightning bolt sent from the Holy Spirit. Neither are you suddenly thrown down to the ground in convulsions or driven to dance around and bark like a dog or babble incoherently. God is a God of order, and self-control is a gift given by the Holy Spirit. We are brought to faith by the Word of God, which the Holy Spirit uses to create and feed saving faith in Jesus Christ, our blessed Savior. Now, for most of you, the Holy Spirit gave you faith when the Word of God was joined to water and holy baptism, and you were brought into Christ's church before you could, well, do anything except cry, coo, and make a messy diaper. God be praised for His mercy. For others, the Holy Spirit brought you to saving faith in Christ at a later time in life. Nevertheless, God be praised for His mercy. You see, the Holy Spirit is actively involved in your lives each and every day, even if you don't see it or feel it, per se. Were it not for the work of the Spirit, you would have no faith in Christ, do no good works, and think no God-pleasing thoughts. As for the gift of faith, the Holy Spirit called you by the gospel. St. Paul writes, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. And so also St. Peter has said, You have been born again, that is, born from above, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. This word is the good news that was preached to you. The Spirit accomplishes this through the preaching of the word and holy baptism. In St. Paul's letter to Titus, we read, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, 
He saved us, not by works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And when it comes to our good works, it is the Holy Spirit who enables us to do them. Now these good works, they flow from faith in Christ as children of God. In the book of Hebrews, we are taught, without faith, it is impossible to please him, that is to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And in the Gospel of John, our Lord has said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. These good works of loving and serving our neighbors, they're carried out within our various callings and vocations in life, and all according to the Ten Commandments. Dear saints, Jesus fulfilled the law and set us free from its demands by his death and resurrection. Now what this means for us is that we don't have to justify ourselves before God by our own good works. No sinner could ever do that. It's impossible. Salvation from sin, death, and the devil comes not by our works, but through faith in Christ, who died on the cross as the perfect payment for all sin. Therefore, having been set free from sin, we are now slaves to righteousness. St. Paul explains this more fully in the book of Romans when he says the following. He says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness, he says. I am speaking in human terms because your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification, that is, holiness. To clarify, now that we are free in Christ, we are free to love and serve our neighbors in what we think and what we say and in what we do. Prior to faith in Christ, we were slaves to sin and slaves to the desires of our sinful flesh. Now, having been purchased and cleansed with Christ's blood, we are bond servants of Jesus who desire to love and serve our neighbors. Faith in Christ and love for our neighbor. Both come from the Holy Spirit who works things, things in us by God's word and sacrament. But you might ask, well, what about our sin, Pastor? Well, it is true that we do sin daily and we do sin much, but there again, the Holy Spirit is at work in God's children. It is the Holy Spirit who calls you to repentance. He brings to mind God's holy Ten Commandments and the ways in which we transgress God's will. We are God's baptized children. This is true. However, we do dishonor our Heavenly Father each and every day with our careless and selfish thoughts, words, and actions. The Spirit reveals these sins and causes you to be terrified by them. St. Paul refers to this as godly grief in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, saying, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation. In other words, through the preaching of the law, the Holy Spirit produces sorrow over sin, which leads us to repentance. In this way, repentance is the Spirit leading you to God's promises of grace and forgiveness in Jesus. <coughs> Pardon me. Another way to think of it is, repentance is Jesus finding you and bringing you back to himself by means of his Spirit as he works through the Word. 
You see, this is part of how the Spirit of God keeps you in the one true faith. He calls you away from the world and temptations of the devil, and he constantly guides and directs you toward the word and promises of God in Christ Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit's job is not to call attention to himself, but to Jesus. You're not going to find the Holy Spirit by turning on that channel that says that he's scheduled a miracle-working appearance at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, where the guy's going to wave his hand around and then someone falls on the floor. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. He does not do our bidding, rather we do his, according to the word of God. See, this is just as we heard our Lord say in the gospel these previous weeks. He said, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. As I mentioned at the outset of the sermon, in the Apostles' Creed, we confess the Holy Spirit, then we confess what he does. You've briefly heard a number of his ongoing activities, both in the life of Christ's church and in your individual lives. However, there is something that I haven't spent much time on this morning, and I wanted to turn your attention to it. It was mentioned in the Collect of the Day. We prayed, O God, on this day you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things, and nevermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. The Holy Spirit works tirelessly to bring us to a right understanding in all things. And he does this as we continually hear the word of God spoken and preached to us. So also when we read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the word of God, we are given even greater wisdom, or ever greater wisdom, and are led more and more into a right understanding in all things. God be praised. However, I want to focus on the consolation of the Spirit in the remainder of our time. It is a distressing time to be a Christian in our country. In last week's sermon, I mentioned a number of those difficulties which we face. Nevertheless, we must always remember that the truth behind every attack on Christ and his church stands the devil. Every blasphemous word spoken against Jesus by an unbeliever has Satan, the original blasphemer, as its originator. Every lie hurled against Christ's church is a fiery arrow loosed from the devil's battle bow. Every Christian who is persecuted for trusting in the holy name of Jesus is hated and reviled because the devil has stoked up callous hatred and unbelief in the hearts of those who reject Christ. We live in the midst of spiritual battle. And there is, of course, no comfort and consolation to be found in that truth. So then where do we find consolation in the midst of all of this spiritual battle, all of this turmoil? Where do we find comfort when we feel like sheep surrounded by wolves? It is in the one whom Christ calls the helper, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is called the paraclete in Greek, parakletos. Now that strange sounding Greek word is full of comfort, full of meaning. You see, paraclete means counselor, intercessor, advocate, helper, and comforter. In the ancient world, a paraclete was a legal counselor, one who would stand up in court and bring good, truthful, compelling evidence to defend you. In other words, the spirit, the paraclete, is the holy witness from heaven who takes all that belongs to Jesus and gives it to you. Christ's peace, forgiveness, and life are given to you by the Holy Spirit who speaks them into your ears in the word of God and washes and feeds you with them in the holy sacraments. The spirit is your intercessor who prays for you constantly even when you don't have the words to speak. He carries your prayers to God's throne of grace. 
The Spirit is your counselor, guiding and directing your heart and mind by God's word. He guides you into all truth and peace. When you are tormented by your sin and laid low in the dust by the accusations of Satan, the Holy Spirit comforts you with the good news of sins forgiven in Jesus, that he has done it all. As our Lord spoke from the cross, pierced and bleeding for the world, it is finished. You see, Jesus has overcome and defeated our enemy. Our risen and ascended Lord reigns, and he gives his good news and good gifts to you by means of his Spirit. So, dear saints, let us give thanks to God for the Holy Spirit because he has called and gathered you by the gospel into the holy Christian church, Christ's flock. And by Christ's gifts given in water, word, bread, and wine, he continues to enlighten you. He continues to sanctify you and to keep you in the one true faith and to life everlasting. Therefore, as we sung before, so now we pray. Come, holy fire, comfort true. Grant us the will your work to do. And in your service to abide, let trials turn us not aside. Lord, by your power prepare each heart, and to our weakness strength impart, that bravely here we may contend through life and death to you, our Lord, ascend. Alleluia, alleluia, in the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the preaching of God's word throughout the world, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. That the Holy Spirit would create faith in the hearts of the nations, so that on the great and magnificent day of the Lord, many may call on the name of the Son and be saved. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the whole Christian church on earth, that she would be filled, renewed, enlightened, and sanctified by the Holy Spirit as on the first Pentecost, that many more will be called by the gospel and that the sacraments would be administered faithfully and all Christians be kept in the true faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord in thanksgiving for those who served our nation through military service, and in grateful remembrance of those who gave their lives for us and the cause of freedom, that we may honor their sacrifice by using our liberty responsibly for all who travel, that they would be kept safe for our nation and its blessing and for aid in protecting and increasing the benefits we have for those who follow us, looking always to you, from whom all, get, all these gifts come. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the comfort of the Holy Spirit in a dark world, that wounds would be soothed and healed, broken families restored, the depressed uplifted, the poor aided, and all cries answered. We especially pray for Michael Pete, John Brenneman, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Richard Phillips, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. That the spirit of truth would clear away all distractions, that our hearts and minds may focus on Christ, present in the bread, which is his body and the cup of his blood. Let us pray to the Lord. That God would receive our praise and thanksgiving for his gifts of grace in this sacrament, together with our tithes and offerings as tokens of our trust in him, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Almighty Father, with your Son, Jesus Christ, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts through your word to rule and govern us according to your will, 
Comfort us in every temptation and misfortune and defend us against every error, that we may continue steadfast in the faith, increase in love and good works, and trusting firmly in your grace for us by his death, obtain eternal salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A blessed Pentecost to all of you as we continue to celebrate this beautiful gift that the Lord has given us, even himself, the Holy Spirit, our God and Lord. As we look ahead into the week, we have great joy because we got Vacation Bible School starting on uh, Tuesday and going through Friday, and you'll note it there in the schedule. Uh, that the daily activities will be 8.45 to 11.30 a.m. But please note, and this is in the first announcement, that on Friday at 11 o'clock, so that's a little different, on Friday at 11, there'll be a picnic lunch, and you all are invited, but I do ask that you RSVP, let Danielle Deitch know that you'll be there, just so that we can take an accurate count for the food that we'll need for the lunch that day. And it will be a picnic lunch. Uh, I believe uh, hamburgers and hot dogs are on order. Um, and so uh, we'll look forward to that. And the kids this week are uh, preparing for a Ready, Set, Gold VBS. It's a, a track and field theme VBS that focuses our children on running the race of faith and keeping their eyes firmly focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Uh, if you have the desire to listen to a Bible study over the phone, there's details about that in the bulletin as Lutheran Public Radio makes their uh, The Word of the Lord Endures Forever Bible study available each and every day. That is a 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study, and you can dial in directly and listen to a recording of it. Uh, also, we continue to have that announcement there about camping opportunities. It's that time of year, and we're kind of at the official start of it, if you will. So if you have interest, please look up information about our two camps that we have here in the Missouri District. And also make note that we will have coming up uh, Reunion Sunday as well. So look for more to come on that. We're excited for uh, that this year. Anything that I may have missed in the announcements this week? All right, well, seeing none, God's blessings to you. I'll greet you at the door as we go forth in the joy of the Spirit.